All right, everybody, welcome. Welcome to the Moyak Podcast. We're here after Truman Lake. I got my buddy here, Jonathan Dominguez. How you doing, bud? Oh, what's up, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you, Josh? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to get this show started and start talking about some fishing. How about you? Yeah, yeah me too, man. I've I really enjoyed this last weekend. It was got nice seeing everybody. Nice actually being at a live event. Um, seriously, you put in some work this weekend, and I'm sure all the Moyak guys want to say thank you. Not a problem at all, man. I loved it. I'm glad everybody had a great time. I think it was a pretty successful event, and I'm looking forward to building on that. Definitely. It's it's very exciting to see how many guys we've got, and the numbers was, was really what amazed me. I, that was a large tournament for even Truman. I think that was awesome. Yeah, we just keep getting bigger and bigger. It looks like, I mean, we could be averaging around 80 anglers at every tournament this year, which is crazy. Yeah, guys, as you you know may have seen on the on the Facebook uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that Josh does and, and has going on and, and he needs some help. Um, and I, I don't know what he's going to give you guys. Maybe he'll give you a high five, but hopefully it'll be something good. But, uh, he definitely needs some help from some guys, maybe just to, to do some random stuff that, I mean, if, if you're good at, you know, taking pictures, maybe you've got a nice camera, maybe you've got a way of to record stuff. Uh, Josh would appreciate that. Maybe you have, other talents guys we've got so many great guys in our club but um i feel like we can really come together and help josh out with maybe some stuff in the background that he needs um josh knows exactly what he needs and and, and he can let you and maybe that's not a, a good fit for you but um definitely guys if any of you guys can help um i think it would make things a lot more smoother um and i think i think uh, everyone would appreciate that yeah and i think we've, we've had a lot of people that have volunteered too which is going to be great i think you know, this Truman was our first live tournament of the year. Uh, it's our first tournament being of this size. So it's going to be a little bit of growing pains, but we'll get there. Just, we'll get there. Guys, but what it means, more more guys means better payouts, means better, you know, fishing buddies, means uh, just overall um, better environment for, you know, kayak anglers. It's, it's, it's awesome. I think it's going to be great. Yep. Man, well, we've got some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. We've, we've got tons of announcements to get to, and and let's let's start going through those. Uh, Taney Como, July 18th. Um, I think that's going to be a, 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 a good tournament. I know a lot of guys are coming in there, maybe not fishing it. We'll be kind of surprised, but I'm excited for it, man. Yeah, I think a lot of guys are excited for Taney Como, uh, especially after seeing, you know, the kind of numbers that people are putting up fishing in Taney Como. So everyone's ready to get on Taney Como right now. Um, but you know, I can tell you from personal experience that Taney Como can reward you with monsters and she can kick you in the butt all at the same time. So you never know what's going to be, uh, Taney Como is one of my favorite lakes to fish, but at the same time I've gone there before and never gotten a single bite. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, we could have several guys get over a hundred inches in this tournament. It is very possible. So Yep, that's next on the list is Taney Como, July 18th. We'll be there, and we'll be live, and it'll be a great time. Uh, Truman, top 10 anglers. Uh, you know, we were talking before we got on here. The numbers were tight, not only within the top 10, but the top 20. I mean, there was tons of guys that were just right on top of each other. You know, one fish could have changed them a couple spots, and uh, it was cool to see. Yeah, I, I think that the top 20 – they were all 80 inches or above just to get in the top 20. 
so that's that's pretty incredible i mean it just shows you that the bite was really good that day and that the moyak guys really picked that lake apart and found the fish so that was pretty cool to see yeah coming in a tent there was uh, steve bryant mm-hmm. uh, he had 82 and a quarter inches uh we had jason i don't even want to butcher his last name but i'm not even <laughs> jason J. Uh, 82 and a half. So, sorry about that, man. If you call me and tell me how to say it, I'll, I'll make sure to say it right next time. Uh, Christopher Moyer, that guy's been a stick on the online stuff. Um, he had 82 and three quarter inches, uh, you know, for Truman. Uh, who else do we have, Josh? You know, right after that, we had Lance Irwin with 83 inches, uh, you know, right there. As this, You know, those, those last three guys were only separated by a quarter of an inch. Yeah. And then after that, you got Matt Yates at 83 and three quarters. And then we had Richie McMichael at 84 inches. And then Michael Sandlin had 85. And then we got into those top three. You know, Jacob Nunn, 85.5. Jacob's always been consistent, you know, yeah. year after year. And 85 uh, and a half is a solid, solid score for a live tournament. You you hit 80s, 85 mm-hmm. and a half, 85, you, you're like, yeah, that's a solid score. And, and then just yeah, for you're the. you're going to win it. You think you're yeah. going to, oh, I'm going to win. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Jacob Nunn came in like, oh, we're, we're good, man. We're This is going to be a great time. Um, and then Lance Burris, 93 and a quarter. How, that dude's a stick, man. He He's just doing keeps a great doing job it. this year. He just keeps doing it everywhere he goes. He just keeps on putting up big numbers. He's hard to beat. And then uh, got the man of the hour, man, Jim Harding, 100 and a half inches. Can you believe that? I mean, no. Uh, that's the biggest live – event score we've ever had in Moyak, and i'm pretty sure <clears throat> it's the biggest one day total ever in a live event in missouri you know ever i mean that's insane 100.5 inch and it's big bass 22.5 you know and some people were thinking oh there's no fish in truman there's just little dinks in truman he goes out there and jacks over 100 inches and one day during a thunderstorm yeah there's fish in truman josh when was the last live tournament that you've been to that a guy broke a hundred boy that's a tough one <laughs> that's what, but seriously it'd be somewhere down south it would yeah, have definitely. Down in texas or louis florida <clears throat> yeah it it doesn't happen i mean the online guys around here can do it but it takes them a month to get there not one day no yeah so and, man hats off to jim harding dude congratulations yep. i mean that's a that's something that's probably going to stand for quite a while i don't i don't see that being beat anytime soon that's crazy uh truman uh lake uh, we had uh, top three teams um el lobina banditos and and i can say that with my mexican accent because i am just half mexican so uh, they finished out with 164 inches. Um, team Bonafide, uh, 167 and a quarter. And then uh, Jim and his boy D- Dorman, man, the H&H Bass Destroyers. What is is H&H their sponsor? Where, where does H&H come from? Do you know? Uh, that would be uh, Huey and uh, Harding. <laughs> the Huey and Harding Destroyers, H&H. There you go. There, I, I I didn't think about that, but yeah, that makes sense. Bass Destroyers, 181 and a half. Um, just guys tearing it up. They're they're doing a great job this year. Him and Jim and Dorman, um, they're two good sticks, and, and they fish together quite a bit. And it's cool yeah. to see them. Two two guys that are both fishing out of a sit-in kayak too. It's it's cool. It, it really doesn't matter. You could have you know a Hobie. You can have a a bonafide or a, you know something with the motor on it. You know, feel free. 
Um, but really it just comes down to fishing and, and keeping it simple. And, and that's what I really liked when we talked to Jim is, and we'll get into that here in a minute is, is how, uh, you know, he said he really had to focus on what he, what he was taking and what he was doing that day. And, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you want to fish out of whatever makes you the most comfortable, whatever you're the most comfortable being in is what makes you the better angler. It doesn't matter what, what kayak it is. Absolutely. Well, the June monthly, we got a, a couple of days, uh, today and tomorrow, uh, before it is done, Brandon had a great day on the water. Um, what he's sitting at like 103 inches, something like that. Yeah, Brandon went out with his swim baits and he just he jacked some more monsters again. So <laughs> he's going to be hard to beat in these online. These guys going to have their hands, they're going to have their hands full. That's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a score to to contend with. Uh, July monthly, uh, it's getting going right around the corner. Uh, make sure and get signed up before the end of the month. Um, let's go through uh, some of the current AOI standings. Um, let's go ahead and start with the uh, let's start with the team trail, um, and go through that and uh, talk about the top ten guys that we have. Um, look at this one, two, three, four. Um, honorable mention. Um, they're sitting in ten right now. Um, Josh, do you know? I don't have my list of who's on that team. Do you have those lists? Hmm. Actually, no, I don't write offhand. <clears throat> we'll get into, we'll do this again and go through the top ten and and get those announcements on those guys. Uh, slapping the bass, they're coming in that nine spot right now. Uh, Toad stickers, uh, the Bream team, um, and St. STL goons. Um, that'll round out your your ten, nine, eight, seven, and six spots. Who else we got, Josh? Then we got Yactive Duty, and then we've got the uh, and. I know that that is a Jeremy Mitchell and Jason Yuznitsky, uh, the Furious Drum Snatchers. Um, they're sitting there in uh, fifth place. That's uh, Brian Hillman and Troy Inky. We've got Team Bonafide sitting in fourth. That is uh, Lance Burris and Mike Kiefer. Uh, in second place, we've got El Obino Bandidos. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jeff Mellencamp and Richie McMichael. Yep. And cu- currently sitting in first place with a pretty good lead is the H&H Bass Destroyers, which is Dorman Huey and Jim Harding. So uh, there's your top ten for the team trail as after three events. It's and, really uh, cool. Yeah, it's really cool to see those teams fishing together. And, and it's it's fun to hear about them talking about, you know, going to each other's spots and, and fishing them and then making some decisions about where they're going to fish for the days. Yeah, and, and really, you know, about the top six – five or six teams they're really close right now and after you know there's still a couple drops that can take place so uh the team trail is wide open right now i mean even though h and h is up there in front uh it's it's anybody's game right now after you start doing drop scores i'm telling you that makes a huge difference once we get later on in the season and you drop your lowest score it completely changes your ranking so keep that in mind too be fun to watch uh, let's go into the online uh the aoy uh, top 10, uh, Christopher Moyer, uh, guy we talked about quite a bit on the online stuff, doing a great job. Uh, we got David Pilgrim in that nine spot. Uh, Michael Cornelius uh, coming at the eight spot. Uh, Brandon Brown, uh, which it was great to talk to him about Truman. And he, had a, he still had a pretty good bag. Um, I think he was in that top 20 for Truman. Um, and then Jake's, Jason Stokes, that'll re- round out your sixth spot. Uh, who else got the top five, Josh? Yeah, then we go with Richie McMichael, uh, Mr. McNasty himself, and then 
Right after that is Jonathan Dominguez. Way hey. to go. You're in there, man. Uh, the top three, we've got Richie Laffrey, and he's got 295 points or inches. I'm sorry, 789 points. Uh, Jared Fosno in second place. He's got 830 points. And, it, and just barely ahead of Jared is Troy Inky with 834 points. So those guys are only separated by four points. So that's still a, a slugfest right there on the online series as well. Yeah, and Jared's sitting good right now. He's in that f- fourth spot for you know June, and and he's got a you know he's got a really good setup right now. Where he's at for that AOI. Yep, that's going to make a difference. Well, here it is. You know, angrily of the year. What we all talk about. What we all um, you know strive after. And and man, it, it's just an honor to, to win this award. It really is. I mean, it's it's the it's the upper echelon it's it's what it is all about the whole season accumulates to get these points and to become the top dog and to be number one for the year and so i mean these guys everybody's duking it out we've got um i'm gonna say almost 200 members right now they're gonna be fighting out for this uh anger of the year race and so um we can go through the top 10 real quick if you want to jump in on that and let's see who see where everybody's at let's go we got matt yates in that 10 spot uh, Sam Young, uh, you know, not far off from him. Uh, Keaton Votley, Votley, I believe so. Um, he mm-hmm. he had a great start at Truman. I, I know I checked in in the morning at like seven o'clock. He had like seventy five inches. Had a great morning. Yeah, uh, you got he... uh, you got Tommy Probst right behind him, um, and then Cooper Rodman. And that'll be your you know six, seven, eight, nine, and ten spots. Um, still, you know, guys, they're not far off from each other at all. No, all all those points are right there. I mean, Cooper and, uh, you know, the person who's in fifth place is Jim Harding. They're tied with 716 points. You know, and in fourth place, we've got Brian Hillman. Brian Hillman's jumped up there. He's got 766. So, uh, you know, and then we get to our top three. Uh, and, you know, I expect, you know, I expect all of these top ten guys to be battling it out all year. Because, oh, yeah. you know, there's going to be a – you know, drop scores from this as well too. But in number in the number third spot, you've got Dorman Huey with eight hundred and twelve points, and then Richie McMichael. Man, he just dominates everywhere he goes as well. He's sitting in second with eight hundred and twenty four points, and then right now your current leader for the Angler of the Year race is Lance Burris with eight hundred and sixty five points. So he's jumping out there. And uh, if guys don't hurry up and start catching up, he's going to run away with this thing. So it's exciting to watch this unfold. Yeah, solid stick there. Solid stick. Just doing a great job. Super nice guy. If you get a chance to talk to him, say hi. Um, any of these top ten guys, man, they're great guys. I, I met Keaton for the first time. Super nice guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to see. It's fun to watch. But it is going to be a battle till the end. Yep. It's, like, it's exciting to watch. It is. Well, that talks about our AOI standings right now. Uh, you know, Extreme River Challenge, August 1st. Um, I'm, it's going to be cool to see this MLF, MLF uh, style tournament. Yeah, it's going to be a first. Um, it's another thing that we're trying out for the first time. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun for the anglers. I think everybody's going to really enjoy this. Um, this is a river tournament. So you can fish on any river you want, any public river in Missouri. So it's statewide. It's going to be kind of like an online. Uh, it's going to run from six in the morning 
until six at night. So you got 12 hours to go out on a river and float it and catch as many fish as you can. Uh, there is a 12 inch minimum on this tournament. Uh, normally we don't have this, but for this tournament, there will be a 12 inch minimum, but after that it's unlimited. So I think guys are going to get out there and really put up a lot of numbers. I'm curious to see just how many fish we can catch in one day. Cause this is going to be a test. This is going to see how many fish can Moyak catch in one day on a river, man. We're, we're going to find out. Yeah, I almost feel bad for you, though, man, because mm. you had a busy day on Saturday, you know, for a live event. But now you have an MLF style, man. There's going to be a lot of fish that you're going to have to judge, man. Uh, I will have help. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. It's, it's a really good idea. You probably. I, I also wanted to uh, point out, too, for everybody that's looking forward to this tournament and then that are in the team trail, this does not apply to the team event. Uh, this is only for the individual trail. The team trail is just going to be regular. It's just going to be, you know, your five fish per person total for 10. Tourney X does not even have a setup for an unlimited event for a team. So I can't, I can't even set that up. So there, there is no going to be no unlimited team side. It's only going to be on the individual side. So I wanted to clarify that if maybe some people thought that it was going to apply for the team trail too, because uh, Tourney X doesn't have that technology yet. So looking at Tourney X, you know, the information on there, um, start time is at 6 a.m. and then end time is at 6 p.m. Is that correct? So yes. for for guys to float 12 hours, man, that's that's a good day of floating. Yeah, and, I mean, you can start whenever you want. You don't have to start at 6 and you don't have to end at 6. If you want to float from 8 to noon, you can do that. If you want to float from noon to 6, you can do that. If you want to get out there and go gung-ho and go six to six you can do that too <laughs> and then there's also a few hours after that to give you time to get your photos submitted too so you can get off the water and go find signal so yeah uh, the the awards are probably going to be the next day afterwards have time to process and get all the judging and everything done but yeah that's how it's going to work yeah photo submission deadlines at 8 p.m for that day and and it'll be cool to see all the fish that we catch man it'll be fun mm -hmm. to see the numbers yep we're going to be doing something all new uh there's not i'm not aware of any other many other clubs that are doing this you know so it can be exciting to see how it unfolds nice nice so uh saturday we you know we went out to truman and uh saturday morning um it was it wasn't bad it was nice kind of overcast um we got a storm running you know it's it started raining uh the storm you know it stopped raining they got windy um the wind stopped and then it got blazing hot it's it felt like we got multiple phases of weather on saturday and, and i hope that guys were prepared um i hoped you know i looked at the weather and i looked at the radar and i'm like it's gonna be a doozy um but i really hope guys are, are checking the weather i mean I, I don't know about you but how is how important is it for you to look at the weather before you go to a tournament yeah and that's that's exactly what our kayak tip of the week is is you know how to you know identify hazardous conditions and be aware of what's coming at you while you're on the water i mean being able to read Doppler radar, having that ability on your phone and checking the weather. You know, sometimes you may not have signal, so do it the day before and at least have an idea. You know, like what happened at Truman, we were all, everyone pretty much knew that a wicked cell was going to blow through at some point in time, right around 9 or 10 in the morning. I mean, it was all predicted. It was, everyone knew it was going to happen. So, you know, in those situations, be mindful of where you're at. And, you know, if, 
if you you might be able to get off the water and, and get up under a rock outcropping or something, beat your kayak and get off the water so you're safe. You know, uh, get underneath a dock. You know, uh, you know anything like that, but or even be close to the boat ramp to where you can jump back to the ramp and get in your vehicle. You know, and then ride it out. But always be aware, and, and you know, also know know what's gonna how it's gonna affect your kayak. Some kayaks are different, you know, like the sit-in kayaks, they don't have scuppers, so they can't drain. And so if you've got a lot of rain and water coming in and heavy waves crashing over your bow, you could take on enough water to sink and and flip. And I think that happened to one individual or maybe another. So um, knowing about your kayak is important, too, about the conditions and, and the wind. You know, we all know about the wind so be aware of the wind because just big big waves alone can uh you know do some damage so you know i just think that everyone should become part meteorologist you know (laughs) yeah study study the weather uh plan accordingly have good rain gear have a backup plan know where you're going to go if you have to get off the water be watching the sky you know watch out for lightning just pretty much common sense things but you know as kayak anglers we don't have the luxury of being in a bass boat where we can just you know hammer down and go 60 miles an hour to a different part of the lake so don't go too far you know if you think something's coming so just just some advice for things to think about if there's a possibility for bad weather yeah definitely and and, you know talking about you know taking on water in your kayak you know most of the time you don't realize it until it's pulled up and you're like holy crap you know i i've got (laughs) A bona fide, but I, I plug my scuffers because I don't want water to come through the bottom. And, and you know, after, you know, a couple hours of fishing in the wind and my kayak was full, you know, I'm like, <laughs> crap, I, I got to get out of the shore and, and drain this water out. And, and you know, just it's stuff to think about, stuff to pay attention to along with, you know, fishing and what the bass are doing and what you're throwing. Um, but really, it comes down to safety. That's, you know, we want you guys safe on the water and, and we want you to Absolutely. be able to leave the leave the water. Um, you know, you may be disappointed about how you did, but you know, you're leaving the water, you know, safe. Yeah. And I know a couple guys, they just got off the water and beached their kayaks and went and sat up under some rocks and just hung out for about an hour and just yeah. rode it out. You know, sometimes you got to do that too, you know? Yeah. Multiple guys I talked to, I think Richie McMichael, he was telling me that he, he's like, forget this, man, I'm getting out of the kayak. And, and Jacob too, he, he said that one, one of them lightnings hit and he's like, yeah, I'm going to the truck and, and at that point you you know you you realize that it's not there's no bass worth your life you know it's not it's not worth it man yep it's just fishing you know and i heard a report of a there was a crappie tournament going on during this event as well and i guess they they seek shelter on the shoreline and beach their boat and i guess the waves come crashing over and sucked it out and sunk it and i guess they they lost a lot of stuff their boat was sunk and they even had a beach and it was a bass boat wow. so you know, if conditions can sink a bass boat, as kayak anglers, we need to be extra cautious in those yeah, kind definitely. of situations. Definitely. Well, man, I'm excited about our guest. You know, we got Jim Arding on here. We're gonna get in here talking to him. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, before we do that, let's let's uh, let's give some love to our sponsors. Um, let's let's show off. You know what what they're doing for us, and 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 give them some some credit where credits due. Absolutely. Let's take a break. Let's uh show off some of our sponsors and give them some credit. And then we're going to roll right into our interview with uh, the winner of Truman Lake, Jim Harding. Let's get it. Hey guys. Well, here it is. The man of the hour, the man of Truman. Uh, We got Mr. Jim Harding with us. 
Uh, he is your AOI 2018 winner. Um, Jim, man, thanks for being on here, man. Congratulations on this weekend. Really excited for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Man, you, you did a you did a great job. Had a good weekend. Uh, well, let's get into it, man. Tell us about yourself. Um, you know, tell us about how you got into kayak fishing. Well, I've been kayak fishing since actually the late '90s, and it's evolved a lot since then. And I actually started fishing out of a pontoon kayak, and then have moved up and fished out of all kind of them and I actually just like fishing out of the sit-in kayaks and I do a lot of river kayaking but I'm not afraid to get out there on the big lakes yeah I mean that's pretty cool that you're in a sit-in kayak I think a lot of guys think that sit-in they don't have a shot to compete well but I think you're proof that that's not the case right yes one reason I use the sit-in kayaks is I can get them in tight spots. I can hurry up and change if I need to. And it's just easier on me to unload and get in the water. What other uh, advantages do you feel like you have besides being able to get in tighter spots that guys can't get into? Oh, uh, I don't pack a lot of gear. I try to keep it down. Sometimes if you take too much gear, it seems like it gets you in trouble. So I have to watch what I take. And big thing is uh, I can sit down inside there, and it makes me feel more comfortable. Um, I know a lot of guys stand up on their sit on tops, and I'm just I like being down inside inside one. It makes me a little more comfortable on the water. Yep, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, whatever works, right? That's right. <clears throat> so uh, let's talk about Truman, man. Um, how many how many days did you get to fish Truman before the tournament? Well, I actually looked at some local clubs from up at Truman that had fished, and then Shriners put on a tournament. And when I seen the results of those, I was pretty excited and I was I just went up there the first of the month and started practicing they had reports of 20 pound bags caught on top water and I was like I gotta go see what it's all about cool. so I I practiced for about a month dang that's a lot well it, it's, it paid off that's for sure I in a four week time span i've seen the lake change a lot and the fish change and it did help narrowing down where i was going to go so um truman lake you know you fished there for for about a month um come tournament day do you feel like the conditions really changed from you know what what you fished before or do you feel like they were pretty consistent come tournament day they were changing where the fish were at was it was changing a lot when they drew the water down spots on tournament day there was days i was up there and fishing behind little islands and humps and those were way high and dry no water 
lot of the brush piles I found, they were dry. So I just had to keep finding the fish. Even I was up there three days before and some of them places were dry. So it, it was fun following the fish. I started on the main lake when I first started going up there. And uh, I was fixing main in the bushes and then I had to move out and then when the main lake bite started dying I decided to go to some more skinnier waters and try some of the creek arms. Is that in what ended up working out for you was getting up in those creek arms? That's where I found the quality fish. When I was on the main lake I would find a few quality fish but I had to go through a lot of small ones. When I got into the creek arms i started finding the 18 to 20 inch class fish so truman lake you know you fished up there for about a month you know had a great great turnout um what when was the first time that you actually fished truman lake i fished i think the first time i ever really fished it was in some bass club tournaments back in the late 90s and early 80s so i had the opportunity to learn from some locals that really knew the lake and they actually those guys weren't scared to take their bass boats up tebow or the palmy arm or anything like that they would go as far as they could go and they would actually jump over some of them log jams and beaver jams to get them there. so i kind of gave me insight years ago what lived in some of them smaller waters well when you got back in the smaller waters do you mind letting us know i mean what what was that bait what was the winning bait that caught that 22.5 inch monster or you want to keep that to yourself no i had been using some fast moving baits I, the beginning of the practice i caught them on buzz baits spinner baits crank baits and that started dying and i got on a jig bite and caught some really nice ones in practice on a jig and then they started getting finicky with that so i put a black and blue flipping tube on and had it on one rod and uh, i had i actually had six rods rigged up for that i had a spinner bait on a buzz bait, I had the jig, square bill, and then I had that flipping tube on. And the flipping tube was actually on the lightest rod I had, and it was eight pound test spinning rod. And I think I made five casts with it, and one of those was that big fish. And it, caught, oh man, you caught that on like an ultralight? Yeah, it was on a medium heavy spinning rod, but it was eight pound test. <laughs> it was a big game, so it held up, but it it wrapped up in a big log and then it freed itself from that and then it actually jumped in the air and was halfway on a stump and then it <laughs> got away from that and i finally got it in so unreal pretty good battle and it was in a dead end slough where i caught that fish in about the middle of that slough was eight feet deep and it was on just an isolated stick away from a big 
over a lot of like a log jam. There was nothing. I couldn't catch anything off the log jam, but there was one stick that was off at the end of it, and I just it was about a two foot flip in there, and my line just took off. Did you happen to no- notice that uh, those fish were relating to a certain type of cover more than uh, others? You know, was it the big rock? Was it the trees? Was it the stumps? Was it the brush piles? I mean, was there one thing in particular you seemed to think that those fish were holding on to you a little bit more? The day of the tournament, early in the morning, you could get them off a rock, and then they seemed to leave that. When the storm rolled in, they were kind of in open water. They were near log jams and laydowns and brush piles, but they were kind of away from them, off of them. It seemed like they were feeding during that storm, and that's when I picked the buzz bait up. And then that big one, it was in the brush pile after the storm went through. So it was a, all the fish were kind of in or around, really, some of these laydowns were whole sycamore trees laying in the water like giant trees laying right in the middle of the water and then some of them were just on brush piles that had floated up and almost all the fish came out from under probably six inches or less of water so they were super shallow sounds like you had a good time I was getting discouraged about 10 o'clock because my good spots the fish were gone and I kind of just put my head down and with that storm coming through I put that buzz bait on and just kept with it and when I caught it I caught two key fish with that buzz bait and that it made my momentum pick up and then I just went hunting and I headed back to the ramp I almost I was like I got a pretty good limit I think I might just call it a day and I entered my fish I had and then I sat there and I looked at the standings and when I seen Lance was in second I was like <laughs> I'm not giving up now because that guy he could catch a yeah, I, out of yeah his hat, I, he which, can run away with it at any time for sure Yeah, I went back out for a little while and uh, seen a bluegill jump out of the water near a lay down and threw that square bill in there and I caught that 21 incher at the end of the day so it, everything wow. just went away. One of those days, huh? Yeah. Well, what do you think it's going to be like in November? I mean, we're going to be going there for the All-American November 6th. So, um, you know, someone who's familiar with Truman, how do you think the bite's going to be then? I mean, is it going to be as good? Are they going to be feeding up for the winter? I mean, there's a lot of guys that are probably watching this from that are going to be planning on traveling to the All-American. They want to know what it's going to be like. So what do you got to say about that? I think it's going to be right before winter, and everybody knows fishing can get a little tough in September and October, but hopefully cold weather starts coming in, and a lot of guys will go up there and deer hunt, and then they'll take their bass boats during that time, and all the reports I hear every year is the fishing's outstanding, and that, so hopefully going into fall when we have our tournament that they'll be feeding up, and if they are, I think it's going to be wide open and the whole lake will fish good. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. I think they'll be feeding up. The, it'll be right around that time, if we're lucky, you know, when they'll be feeding up for that winter, you know, 
they'll be gorging themselves and that'll be a great time to be out there and it's a little farther up north so i think it's gonna line up just right i do too should be a good time if we get any kind of turnout for our club with a nationwide tournament like this it should be a great event should be a good time um as far as uh you know missouri fishing what is uh what's the lake that you like to fish the most and, and why well, I I enjoy Bull Shoals quite a bit. I think I've probably done more fishing on there than anywhere. And great bass lake, and right now it's a really good bass lake. And after this year's high water, it's the next few years on Bull Shoals is going to be outstanding. So you can get down there, get away from the crowds. Sometimes you're out there by yourself and you never see anybody else, especially in the early spring and late fall and winter. And probably after Bull Shoals, Table Rock. Yeah, these these high condition, high water conditions, especially on Bull Shoals. Bull Shoals has been flooded for like three years, so I mean that's been three years of really good spawning, and I, I think it's gonna, like what you said. I mean the next couple of years is gonna be a really good bite on Bull Shoals if they can get the water. Well, even if they don't, it's the, them bass have the perfect habitat right now to get big and healthy. Yeah, I think our tournament on Bull Shoals this year for Moyak, it's going to line up, and uh, guys are going to be really surprised and very happy that they went down there. I agree. You know, talking about tournaments coming up, you know, Taney Como's right around the corner just a couple weeks away. Um, it, it, it almost looks like you're there now. Are you, are you fishing Taney right now? Uh, up near the dam. Yeah, man. See, there he is already putting in some more work. Already for that next tournament. Um, I mean, what advice would you give for, for new guys coming to that lake? I know last year I went there twice, and, and I could have swore there was no bass in that lake. And I was proven wrong come tournament day with all these guys catching fish. But what would you tell a new guy headed there? Uh, a lot of people overthink it. And uh, when the fish eat you can go one day, you could catch five fish, you'd have 100 inches and go the next day and you're not going to get a bite. They're, the bass and Tannicoma are kind of their own their own deal. They, they just do what they want to do. They're there, they're, they're spooky. And then some days you have to be very stealthy and use very finesse techniques. Other days you can throw a giant whopper plopper and make as much noise as you can and they'll attack it right at the kayak so every day is different whatever guys feel comfortable throwing they can probably catch bass out of there they just they just have to see what the bass or let the bass tell them what they're they're doing that day if you catch one right off the bat and it's aggressive it's probably going to be an aggressive day if you see them spooking you're going to have to go stealthy and sneak up on them and and get them and uh, good advice so we put up on the on the facebook page just a couple questions that you know guys would like to ask you and and uh mark springer uh he said uh were you fishing deep or shallow um and i think you talked about fishing shallow a little bit but um do you feel like most of your bites were shallow or did you go deep at any point um no tournament day was uh dirt shallow and a couple of the fish they came out of 
six inches of water. And I, the deepest one was probably a foot of water. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there you go, Mark. I would say shallow is the answer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Joe Hayes also posted on there. He says, uh, at what point did you realize it was going to be your special day? Uh, the night before, I thought it was going to be a special day. And then at 10 o'clock, I was kind of like, uh, what the heck happened? <laughs> like getting discouraged pretty bad. I had two 18s, but I was like, it should have happened a long time ago. And I had to slow myself down. I threw the buzz bait and I seen a couple, they would grab the skirt and not get the hook. They would kind of just come up and, and that, that told me I had to slow down. And when I slowed down and I caught a 19 and then I caught another about 19, I believe. And that picked me up and then I was like, I got to go. I concentrate. And so the momentum started building. But when I caught the big one, I, that's, I, I was really excited then, and I was like, it's coming together now. It was mm-hmm. one of those days at 10 o'clock where if you got down on yourself and gave up, and I, it was all about decision-making. I was going to head downstream and start fishing, and I knew that from practice there was good fish up there, and I, I stayed in that area and just kept making laps, and finally they started biting. So about... 11 o'clock, I, it started all coming together. So at 10 o'clock, you know, when you got discouraged, how many fish did, have you, did you catch at that point? I had two 18s, but then I had some small. I had a 15 and like some 13s and 12s. And I just, I was like, oh, it's going to be another catching a bunch of 13 to 15 inch bass, you know, and just be right up there where you're probably going to get in the 20th place range or something like that. And I just kind of, I caught a good fish and I went over and measured it and just kind of calmed down and told myself that, you know, the fish are here and just buckle down and, and go after it. And I kind of kicked it in hyper mode and just took off and started rapid fire casting and finally found some. So. It well, it worked. It worked. It got you paid. That was a, a great day on the water. I mean, that was probably one of the – it is the highest score I think we've ever had in Missouri in a single-day live event, you know, as well as probably the biggest money total won by someone in a Moyak tournament. So, man, congratulations for sure. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations, Jim. Uh, look forward to seeing you at Taney Como. I know you and uh, – you and your partner, Old Dorman, you guys fish that quite a bit, and it'll be fun to watch you guys fish in that, that deal and see how you guys do on, on there as well, man. Yeah, Tanny Como, it's kind of always, it bites me. I do good practice on the tournament day. It just seems like I, I'll catch a mediocre limit, and I don't know why, but I'm going to give it heck this time. She's finicky. Tanny is a finicky girl, that's for sure. Sure is. So, Jim, what do you think about if we get 80 to 90 kayaks there on Taney Como? What do you, what do you think about that? Nah, it's going to be a kayak party. <laughs> 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 we'll see how, how good everybody gets along. Yeah. I don't think we'll have a problem. 
I mean, it'll be close quarters, but we can get a lot of them spread out. There's there's fish in places people don't think about. So yeah, we can do spread. it one more time. Well, cool, Jim. Thanks for uh, thanks for your time and and good luck tonight fishing. Uh, hopefully, you catch a another mondo and have it show it show it off to us and uh congratulations again on on your weekend man i appreciate it thanks yeah. for all you guys do yeah thanks for being on here jim i appreciate it all right you guys have a good night all right good we'll night. talk to you later thank you man Guys, uh, just spoke to Jim, man. Jim, super nice guy. Um, great talking with him. It was pretty cool to see him out there at Taney Coma fishing right now, getting ready for, <laughs> you know, the next event, putting in work. Uh, Josh, man, what else do you got for us this evening? Yeah, it was great talking to Jim, and it's funny, too. Like you said, he's he's on the water right now. He never stops. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, uh, thanks to Jim, you know, for taking the time out to talk to us about Truman. And, uh I also want to take a moment to thank all the people that, you know, really helped make the, the Truman Lake event a success. You know, it was a team effort all around by a lot of different people, not just me at all. Um, I want to thank Jared Fosno and Gary Clody from Everhearts. I mean, they gave us an incredible venue. They worked their butts off to set all that up for us. And, you know, thank you. I mean, they've set the bar for how Moyak venue should be, in my opinion, you know, I, that's the way it should be. And that's the way I want it to be for every event. So thank you to Everhearts Outdoors for, you know, making Truman tournament an incredible event. And, you know, even Brandon Brown, uh, he, you know, did the podcast with us. And also, you know, he, he was even fishing in the tournament, but he was working behind the scenes at Everhearts helping to set this up too. He, he had a big role in those big bass bags and all the goodies that were in those, which is like $150 worth of gear that I didn't even know about when I was announcing it, or I would have told everybody that. But, yeah, those big bass bags were incredible. So thanks, Brandon, for that. Um, you know, there's a lot, you know, a lot of guys behind the scenes help, this, help make this happen too, like Brian Hillman, uh, Richard Laffrey, and Jeff Mellencamp. I mean, they've been – helping me from the very beginning to organize and coordinate everything with Moyak from sponsors to the tournaments, to the schedule, to everything. So those guys do a lot behind the scenes too, and that they should get a little bit of credit for that, you know, as well as our webmaster, Troy Inky. Uh, Troy has created a really cool website for us. Uh, there's even going to be, there's angler profiles on there. We've got information on everything. If you explore the website at Moyak, fishingseries.com and just go through and pick it apart you're gonna see that there's a lot more there than you probably think there is it's awesome. so yeah thank you to troy for doing all that i mean that's all part of what makes moyak a success is everybody's working together um you know at, at truman as well you know i got a little overwhelmed this is one of our biggest tournaments ever and you know matt and steve bryant and travis gavick they they stepped up to help me out with the you know the check-in and the food and stuff so thank you guys you know for you know giving up your time to actually help everyone else out so i appreciate that too you know as well as uh katie katie radio they broadcasted live from that event and it's going to air this saturday i'm really excited to hear how that's going to turn out um i heard they interviewed some anglers i don't know who it was so i'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to turn out so 
a big shout out to them for being there to take the time out to do that as well um you know the whole event i think just went off incredibly well and i want to thank the city of clinton as well and i'm really looking forward to being there for the all-american it's going to be even bigger and better than what we just witnessed so excuse me i'm really excited about that so thank you to the city of clinton thank you to everhearts and everybody that helped make that churn event a success yeah man it was a great time i know just coming in there and eating and hanging out with everybody um it was great man and, and seriously you say thank you to all these guys but we want to make sure and thank you uh, you kill it staying on top of stuff being organized getting the word out making announcements thank you josh as well 